0: Good day, my friends. It's August 15th, and this is the One-Year Bible Tour Guide Podcast, where we read through the Bible in a year with daily portions from the Old and New Testaments. Each day we read the next section from the Old and the New, and also make a daily visit to the Book of Psalms and Proverbs. My name is David McAdam, and it is my pleasure to read today's passages from the book of Nehemiah in the Old Testament and from 1 Corinthians in the New, or as we would say in Britain, 1 Corinthians. Yesterday we continued to witness Nehemiah's spiritual leadership and the solemn assembly that stirred people's hearts to repentance. The Levites are leading in this prayer in chapter 9, which is the longest prayer recorded in the Bible. So let's pick up where we left off in the book of Nehemiah, chapter 9, beginning with verse 22. The Levites are leading a public prayer in which they are calling out to the Lord. Nehemiah, chapter 9, verse 22. And remember, they are addressing the Lord. And you gave them kingdoms and peoples and allotted to them every corner. So they took possession of the land of Sihon, king of Heshbon, and the land of Og, king of Bashan you multiplied their children as the stars of heaven, and ye brought them into the land that you had told their fathers to enter and possess. So the descendants went in and possessed the land, and you subdued before them the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, and gave them into their hand with their kings and the peoples of the land, that they might do with them as they would. And they captured fortified cities and a rich land, and took possession of houses full of all good things cisterns already hewn, vineyards, olive orchards, and fruit trees in abundance. So they ate, and were filled, and became fat, and delighted themselves in your great goodness. Nevertheless they were disobedient, and rebelled against you, and cast your law behind their back, and killed your prophets, who had warned them in order to turn them back to you. And they committed great blasphemies. Therefore you gave them into the hand of their enemies, who made them suffer. And in the time of their suffering, they cried out to you, and you heard them from heaven. And according to your great mercies, you gave them saviors who saved them from the hand of their enemies. But after they had had rest, they did evil again before you, and you abandoned them to the hand of their enemies, so that they had dominion over them. Yet when they turned and cried to you, you heard from heaven, and many times you delivered them according to your mercies. And you warned them in order to turn them back to your law. Yet they acted presumptuously, and did not obey your commandments, but sinned against your rules, which if a person does them, he shall live by them. And they turned a stubborn shoulder, and stiffened their neck, and would not obey. Many years you bore with them, and warned them by your spirit through your prophets. Yet they would not give ear therefore you gave them into the hand of the peoples of the lands. Nevertheless, in your great mercies you did not make an end of them, or forsake them, for you are a gracious and merciful God. Now therefore, our God, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love, let not all the hardships seem little to you that has come upon us, upon our kings, our princes, our priests, our prophets, our fathers, and all your people, since the time of the kings of Assyria until this day. Yet you have been righteous in all that has come upon us, for you have dealt faithfully, and we have acted wickedly. Our kings, our princes, our priests, and our fathers have not kept your law or paid attention to your commandments and your warnings that you gave them, even in their own kingdom and amid your great goodness that you gave them, and in the large and rich land that you set before them, they did not serve you or turn from their wicked works. Behold, we are slaves this day, in the land that you gave to our fathers to enjoy its fruit and its good gifts. Behold, we are slaves. And its rich yield goes to the kings whom you have set over us because of our sins. They rule over our bodies and over our livestock as they please, and we are in great distress. Because of all this, we make a firm covenant in writing. On the sealed document are the names of our princes, our Levites, and our priests. The People Who Sealed the Covenant. Chapter 10. On the seals are the names of Nehemiah the governor, the son of Hakaliah, Zedekiah, Sariah, Azariah, Jeremiah, Pashur, Amariah, Melchijah, Hatush, Shebaniah, Maluch, Harim, Meramoth, Obadiah, Daniel, Ganathon, Baruch, Meshullam, Abijah, Mijaman, Maaziah, Bilgai, Shemaiah, these are the priests. And the Levites, Jeshua the son of Azaniah, Binui of the sons of Henadad, Kadmiel, and their brothers, Shebaniah, Hodiah, Galata, Palaya, Hanan, Micah, Rehob, Hashabiah, Sakur, Sherabiah, Shebaniah, Hodiah, Bani, Beninu. The chiefs of the people, Parosh, Pahathmoab, Elam, Zatu, Bani, Buni, Azgad, Bebai, Adonijah, Bigvi, Aden, Ater, Hezekiah, Azur, Hodaya, Hashum, Bezai, Harif, Anathoth, Nebai, Magpiash, Meshulam, Hazir, Meshezabel, Zadok, Jadua, Palataya, Hanan, Anaya, Hoshea, Hananaya, Hashub, Halohesh, Pilha, Shobek, Rehum, Hashapna, Masaya, Ahaya, Hanan, Anan, Maluk, Harim Bana. The rest of the people, the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, the temple servants, and all who have separated themselves from the peoples of the lands to the law of God, their wives, their sons, their daughters, all who have knowledge and understanding, Join with their brothers, their nobles, and enter into a curse and an oath to walk in God's law, that was given by Moses the servant of God, and to observe and do all the commandments of the Lord our Lord, and his rules and his statutes. We will not give our daughters to the peoples of the land, or take their daughters for our sons. And if the peoples of the land bring in goods or any grain on the Sabbath day to sell, we will not buy from them on the Sabbath or on a holy day, and we will forgo the crops of the seventh year and the exaction of every debt. We also take on ourselves the obligation to give yearly a third part of a shekel for the service of the house of our God, for the showbread, the regular grain offering, the regular burnt offering, the Sabbaths, the new moons, the appointed feasts, the holy things, and the sin offerings to make atonement for Israel, and for all the work of the house of our God. We, the priests, the Levites, and the people, have likewise cast lots for the wood offering, to bring it into the house of our God, according to our fathers' houses, at the times appointed, year by year, to burn on the altar of the Lord our God, as it is written in the law. We obligate ourselves to bring the first fruits of our ground and the firstfruits of all fruit of every tree, year by year, to the house of the Lord, also to bring to the house of our God, to the priests who minister in the house of our God, the firstborn of our sons, and of our cattle, as it is written in the law, and the firstborn of our herds, and of our flocks, and to bring the first of our dough, and our contributions, the fruit of every tree, the wine, and the oil, to the priests, to the chambers of the house of our God, and to bring to the Levites the tithes from our ground for it is the Levites who collect the tithes in all our towns where we labor. And the priest, the son of Aaron, shall be with the Levites when the Levites receive the tithes. And the Levites shall bring up the tithe of the tithes to the house of our God, to the chambers of the storehouse. For the people of Israel and the sons of Levi shall bring the contribution of grain, wine, and oil to the chambers, where the vessels of the sanctuary are, as well as the priests who minister." And the gatekeepers and the singers we will not neglect the house of our god and this concludes our reading of the old testament passage from the book of nehemiah let's take a few moments to reflect upon their act of consecration as we have been reading through the bible we have seen seven periods of what might be called spiritual awakening each one of these inspired repentance and reformation first in the book of genesis chapter 35 verses 1 through 15 there was the awakening in Jacob's household in which they put away foreign gods. Secondly, under King Asa in 2nd Chronicles chapter 15 verses 1 through 15. Thirdly, under King Jehoash in 2nd Kings chapter 11 and chapter 12 and 2nd Chronicles chapters 23 and 24. Fourthly, there was the awakening under the reign of King Hezekiah in 2 Kings chapter 18, verses 4 to 7, and 2 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 31. Fifthly, there was the awakening under the reign of King Josiah, in 2 Kings chapter 22, chapters 23, and 2 Chronicles chapters 34 and 35. And then sixthly, we read about the awakening and the repentance of the people in the book of Ezra, chapters 5 and 6. And here today, we've been reading about the awakening under the leadership of Nehemiah in Nehemiah chapters 8 and 9 and chapter 12 verses 44 through 47. Today we continue to read the penitent prayer of the leaders in Nehemiah chapter 9 and witness the people's pledge to renewed faithfulness. The leaders contrast their disobedience and the disobedience of their ancestors with the faithfulness of the Lord. Notice the tendency of the people to turn away from the Lord in seasons of rest and prosperity. In chapter 9, verses 25, 26, and verse 28, beware of complacency when we are blessed with seasons of peace and comfort. The leaders recognized that the Lord's chastening them with suffering was necessary for their spiritual benefit. In Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 33, they prayed, However, You are just in all that has come upon us, for you have dealt faithfully, but we have acted wickedly. In this corporate prayer they plead for mercy and relief from their distress. They put into writing an oath to follow the law as given to Moses in chapter ten verse twenty nine. They agree to, number one, not marry non Jewish neighbors, in chapter ten, verse thirty. Number two, to observe the Sabbath, in chapter ten, verse thirty one. Number three, to observe every seventh year as a Sabbath year, in verse 31. Number four, to pay a temple tax, in verse 32. And number five, to supply wood for the burnt offering in the temple, in verse 34. And number six, to give dues to the temple, in verses 35 through 38. The people had been negligent to observe these practices in the past and were now making a commitment to keep the commands seriously. Thus we will not neglect the house of our God. Nehemiah chapter 10, verse 39. The apostle Paul reminds us that as New Testament believers, our personal bodies in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, and the local churches in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16 are the new temples, the dwelling places of God through the Spirit. We are not to neglect our stewardship of either. The person and work of Christ demands both personal consecration in Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 and corporate consecration in Revelation chapters 2 through 3. Is there an area of neglect in your pursuit of personal holiness in your life? Is there an area in which you compromise with the faulty interpretations and values of the fallen world system? You adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, Whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. The Book of James, Chapter 4, Verse 4. Is there an area of neglect in your commitment to the present temple of the Church? Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25. Now let's go to the New Testament readings. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning with verse 19, and we will read through chapter 10, verse 13, Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Paul is explaining why he is restraining his personal liberties for the benefit of the church and that he might win the lost to Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 19 through chapter 10, verse 13 For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew, in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? so run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others I myself should be disqualified. Warning Against Idolatry. Chapter 10. For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did, and twenty-three thousand fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer, And this is the end of our reading from the New Testament passage from Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air, but I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24-27 Paul speaks of being disqualified, which does not mean that he would lose his salvation, but that he would lose his privilege of being an effective minister. He would become a castaway. A bicycle with a flat tire may still be in your garage, but you will not ride it because of its current condition. Paul admonishes us, we were not redeemed to be clutter in the Lord's garage. We are to be useful vehicles, ready for Him to ride. It is important for New Testament believers to be familiar with the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit has ordained that the recorded history in the Bible would be God's means of speaking to us and instructing us today. Notice that in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 1, Paul writes the Corinthian believers, Jews and Gentiles, that he did not want any to be unaware of the lessons in God's history of redemption that focused on what was written in the Torah. Now these things happened as examples for us, so that we would not crave evil things as they also craved. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 6. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 7 refers to Exodus 32. First Corinthians chapter ten verse eight refers to Numbers chapter twenty five verses one through nine. First Corinthians chapter ten verse nine refers to Numbers chapter twenty one verses five through six. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10 refers to Numbers chapter 14, verses 2 and 36. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10, the destroyer refers to God's agent in bringing judgment upon the firstborn in Egypt, in Exodus chapter 12, verse 23, upon Jerusalem in 2 Samuel chapter 24, verse 16, and is referred to in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 28. So you get the idea that even the Gentiles who did not have the law benefited from studying the law and they learned it because it contained profitable examples for them and this should encourage us new testament believers to study the old testament all scripture is inspired by god and profitable for teaching for reproof for correction for training in righteousness so that the man of god may be adequate equipped for every good work 2 timothy chapter 3 verses 16 and 17 Now let's go to the Bible's Song and Prayer Book, the Book of Psalms, Psalm 34, verses 1-10. through Taste and see that the Lord is good. A Psalm of David, when he changed his behavior before Abimelech, so that he drove him out and he went away. Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord, and He answered me, and delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to Him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear Him, and delivers them. O taste and see that the Lord is good, Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. O oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. The young lions suffer want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. This psalm is one of the acrostic poems, with each verse beginning with the successive letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Notice the psalmist's continual resolve. He repeatedly declares, I will. First, I I will praise. Psalm 34 begins with a decision. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be on my lips. May that be your resolve each morning. Secondly, I will worship with others. In verse 3, O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. My wife and I had let us exalt His name together engraved on the insides of our wedding rings. This also expresses our resolve when we gather as a local body of believers. Then he says, I will pray. My story is one of progressive deliverance from anxiety and troubles. How is your prayer life? Can you say, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears? In verse 4, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. What are you worried about? Cast all your anxieties upon him in prayer. In first peter chapter 5 verse 7 this is followed by the next resolution i will look to the lord my countenance reflects my preoccupation what does your face look like today those who look to him are radiant their faces are never covered with shame in verse 5 share your testimony and encourage others to trust him the whole psalm is a testimony that encourages us to trust the lord it is not enough to have head knowledge We need a personal experience of having cast the full weight of our trust to our Savior and His saving works. O taste and see that the Lord is good! How blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him! O fear the Lord, you His saints! For to those who fear Him there is no want. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. Now let's go to today's reading from the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 13. Whoever closes his ear to the cry of the poor will himself call out and not be answered. If we truly understand how merciful God has been towards us, we will be merciful to others. And may we remember this when we cry out to the Lord in prayer for mercy. Now let's pray. O gracious God, we long for a spiritual awakening in our land. We confess our sins of selfish preoccupations that have brought divisions, conflicts, fightings, and quarrels to the fore. As a nation and as individuals, we have not been truly submissive to your rule. We have been disobedient and rebellious and put your law behind our backs. We have committed blasphemies in our speech and in our actions. Rescue us from the hands of our enemies. In all that has happened to us, you have been just. You have acted faithfully. When we have done wrong grant this generation the gift of repentance and faith in the Messiah, our Lord Jesus. We resolve to bless your name, both by our lips and our lives. We desire to see your kingdom come and your will being done on earth as it is in heaven. We ask this humbly subscribing to the merits of your Son and do so in his name. Amen. Well, as they say, that's a wrap. This is the end of our excursion for today in the One Year Bible, and we look forward to joining with you tomorrow. My name is David McAdam, and I pray that you will be taking the encouragement of the scriptures with you this day. And may you have the resolve of the psalmist to bless the Lord at all times, and may his praise be continually upon your lips. Shalom.